Hey, this is Brandon Lucido, owner of the Lucido Real Estate Team. On our podcast, we talk about life events, real estate, and how to help and serve people. Catch our podcast every week for a new episode. You can find more information on us at thelucidoteam.com. On behalf of my team, thanks for tuning in. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Chilly Monday. Yeah. Just a bit. It's bright and sunny though, so it'll warm up. I drove Les's car today, and it has a heated steering wheel, and that was oh gosh, luxurious. Very nice. I made sure that my car doesn't have heated seats, so we don't always take it. Because Tanya likes her heated seat. Mm. Works. Nice, but I I don't think I've ever turned them on. Really? Yep. And I'll be driving her car, and she'll kind of push the button, and I don't see it. I'm like. What is going? Oh, you did that. <laughs> that is so much Funny. fun to do to people. I'm so not used to that. You know, one of the features I despise the most in the newer cars, mm. and I just cannot stand it, is they, and this was years ago, but they put that dual climate thing in yeah. where you yeah. the back can control that temperature and the front can, can control their temperature, or if the passenger decides yeah. to adjust their temperature knob, mm-hmm. It instantly takes it off of everything being synced together right? and allocates their own separate temperature. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that because yeah. then what happens is it's this fight of like, if I want it at 70 and, you know, they want it at 68, well, then the difference isn't as enjoyable. So I maybe turn it up a little bit and they turn it down a little bit more and eventually it's just this <laughs> consistent yeah. fight of <laughs> separation. And the fans like trying to figure out what it wants to do and all that stuff i'm like we don't need dual climate this is a little shell car okay it's not like you've got multiple levels here right let's just uh, so i basically like meredith hates it but in her tahoe i I lock this system where no one can adjust it oh nice oh yeah and so uh, people in the back like can you please turn i'm like sure i'll turn it up but i'm not gonna have you back there blasting it and then having it come up to the front and then this Mm -hmm. person says i'm hot and like have 10 different climate settings and yeah everyone's just yeah it's yeah. nuts. Oh, I, yeah. I get a little OCD on that. I like I like certain numbers. Mm. So I don't like anybody. I sure don't want the numbers to be different. You know, the temperature. Yeah. I know. Like if it's 75, I like, I like increments of five. 75, 70, 65. Hmm. And if they're not both that, I kind of don't feel right. I know it's weird. My favorite climate control system that I've used in the last 10, 15 years is that in the 4Runner. It doesn't even have auto. It hmm. just has a fan dial where you put it and you can put it in between settings so like you can have it be mostly like top half and like a little bit at the bottom rather than being a 50 50 split Mm -hmm. and then you've got your temperature dial and that's it yeah and then tell it recirc or not and then uh defrost or not Mm -hmm. that's that's it yeah now it takes you 10 minutes to find the setting to adjust yeah press this button go to the um, oh yeah not even mentioning if all that stuff's hidden in the touchscreen. Like, there's no knobs, right. it's just, it's in the touchscreen. Yeah. Yep. Well, that drives me nuts. Mine's like that. That's just, I don't know how people deal with that. There's definitely a learning curve when you get a new car. Yeah. Yep. All this modern tech. It's supposed to help us, they say. So. All right, Cowboys news. Yeah. Zeke's gone. He sure oh, is. Man. Good seven years. <laughs> was it, was it seven? Seven. Man, I okay. You got here in 2016. I, I didn't think it was that long. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. 
But I guess we production just, went down each year. That's 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 the thing. That's you know, it. speaking of that, I saw so the Cowboys did a little Instagram tribute to him, mm. a little farewell deal, mm-hmm. and they had some photos of him in his rookie year and first year. Uh, he was a lot small, like he was a lot leaner. Yeah, mm. he was wearing those half shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he had a long time with us. I I, should, I don't know. I guess I feel like yesterday it was Romo mm-hmm. playing. Maybe time just goes by quicker now. It does. When you get older. It does. They yeah. added another wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, from the Texans. I heard about that. We'll see what that does. Now, Brandon's been with. He's got a really good name. Well, yeah, really? Yeah, maybe we should invite him. There we go. He's been with four <laughs> teams over nine years. Okay. So mm. don't know why he can't stick, but he's super fast. I can't wait. Yeah. I think he's number 13, so Gallup's going to have to change his number or there's going to be a little battle there. Arm wrestle. There you go. So we're not going to get Odell. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think so too. Who Who's getting him? Don't know yet. He's still trying out. Yeah. I think Kansas City has shown some interest in him and so have the Patriots. Interesting. Man, if he goes to Kansas City, it's going to be a tough team. Because yeah. they're already good. It is, but let's see how durable he is. Yeah, I want to know how Mahomes is. He got beat up pretty bad. That's right. Mm, his ankle or knee. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how different our offense is going to look play-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll With be. McCarthy coming out and saying. Me too. In so many ways. I'm not here to. <laughs> observe. To, to get the number one <laughs> offense. I'm here to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a underhanded jab. So. Yeah, it is. I'm excited for him to show up, perform. Yeah. Put the evidence behind those words, and kudos to you, man. But if not, I think this is Sayonara for you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. So, all right, real estate. How we looking? How's the market? Oh, man. Market's still hot. You know, uh, like I said before we went on air, um, we had a couple of – I've got a couple of different disappointed buyers who are, you know, not quite making it to the finish line. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, the numbers are, are showing that. Last week we had a little over twenty six hundred new uh, new listings. This week it's twenty five forty one. So it's still still um, that's still a big number. Good price decreases almost exactly the same. I've got nine more. Okay. Um, this week it's nineteen hundred and sixty five. And again, this is on a trailing seven day average. All right, and then closed and pending last week was forty five fifty one. I've got twenty two more. It's forty five seventy three. So, so we're pacing pretty good. We're still pacing pretty good. Nice. This is this is good to hear. Yeah, the yeah. rate has even gone down a little bit to uh, to below seven percent. That's awesome. Yeah. Now is that because of the bank crisis? Uh that's a great question. I personally. Don't know enough about that. So anytime yeah. someone asks me, I, I say, refer to your lender. <laughs> Everyone just needs to go to the bank and withdraw the money right now. That's right. That's Everyone right. just race yeah. the bank, take just it all out. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your mattress. Know that everybody else has done that. Yep. The majority <laughs> of the uh, the banks out there don't have a high enough interest rate for it to make much sense anyway. So yeah, just just actually cut a little part out of your mattress and hide <laughs> hey, it in the mattress. That's a good one. There are some banks right now offering like 10 or 11 month term for like four or five percent no yeah. risk 
Mm. Oh, Amex has got uh, I'm not I'm not to name names, but I I think their savings account is like at just a standard three percent. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to get those names from you, Brandon. There's, My mom would be interested in that. Yeah, eleven percent uh, guaranteed. I think it's four or five. You leave in there for eleven months. Wow. Yep. I like that. I might even do some of that. I like that a lot. I, I'm telling you. So, tried nice. to go to the bank and see if I could take a loan and make the spread, but got denied. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do that. <laughs> That's pretty good. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the market continues. I'm I'm firmly, uh, I'm a firm believer that it's going to continue to have rates floating around the sixes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, Six to seven mark. Yep. People are still buying homes. People are still selling still competitive out there yeah i think that sticker shock has worn off i think so and i think because the market has corrected there's a lot more people saying okay now this is this is a bit more reasonable now let's see you know let's let's dive into this because it it has slowed down a little bit so let's let's go ahead and start making our moves again and at this point it what i'm telling people right now is just if it's if if you're worried about you know rates and things like that just think you know, have the thought process of if they come down even more, you're going to have more competition to deal with. Mm-hmm. So the longer you wait, uh, it's it's six one way, half a dozen the other. If you want to list now and buy something else right now, you might sell your house for ten fifteen thousand dollars less, but you're also buying a house for ten fifteen thousand dollars. There you less. go. So there's okay. no reason to no reason to wait right now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got an article that I was reading. Uh, interesting to see that last year. Okay. Um, it says investors bought one in every four homes in DFW last year. Oh goodness. Wow. So I'm going to read this and then we'll kind of unpack that and see what that looks like Mm -hmm. for the future of current homes. So it says, if you put a home on the market today, chances are a company will try to buy it rather than someone looking to move in. Investors purchased about 30% of all single family homes in Dallas-Fort Worth area last year, according to the research from national housing analyst John Burns Real Estate Consulting. These buyers made up 50,526,000 of the 169,606 purchases of new and resale homes in the metro area, the firm found. Investors had a large share in the Fort Worth-Arlington metro division than in the Dallas area, making up 33% of all home purchases last year. In the Dallas, Plano, Irving, Metro Division, investors represented about 28% of all sales. They range from mom-and-pop landlords and flippers to large companies such as Dallas-based investor, uh, Dallas-based Invitation Homes and Las Vegas-based AMH, formerly, parentheses, American Homes for Rent, in parentheses, that have snapped up tens of thousands of rental homes across the country since 2008's recession. Investors want to own real estate in markets such as Dallas, which performed well during the global financial crisis and which is also becoming more diverse in types of jobs that attracts. His research also includes iBuyers such as Open Door, who offer to purchase homes directly from the sellers and resell them after marketing uh, light repairs. Light repairs. Huh. 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 Uh, Their share of the U.S. and local housing markets has declined over the last couple of quarters, according to the housing analysts. Two of the best-known players in the space, 
Zillow Group and Redfin shuttered their buying business in 2021, 2022. Home investment activity grew in North Texas during the pandemic as home values soared, peaking in the first quarter of 2022. Since the peak, many investors have paused as interest rates and property taxes soared while home prices still increased. Well, that's not rocket science. Prices go up. Guess what else follows? Mm -hmm. Taxes. Okay, You can't be surprised. Companies looking to rent out homes have struggled to put money to work as experts expect rental growth will slow. They haven't been able to make acquisitions, he said. The most recent numbers from the fourth quarter show investors own 26% of all homes in Dallas, Plano, Irving, and 30% of Fort Worth, Arlington. Wow, that's a big number. Versus 25% nationally. Wow. To determine which homes were investor-owned, he used an an analysis of public records from data firm CoreLogic to determine which homes had different zip codes on tax statements and the property investments themselves. It's pretty smart. Not necessarily that it's an investment, though, from company but anyhow the actual amount of investor activity is high is likely higher because some owners do not change their property tax address hmm. anyhow uh what's your thoughts on that i mean it makes sense that that you know the percentages are higher here than they are nationally you know we've talked forever about north texas being you know strong being a strong market, being um, you know an elastic market, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's not surprising at all to me. Yet, you know, th- those numbers are not surprisingly, but they are big. They are big. I will say that in looking for homes for buyers, I have seen uh, just a much larger percentage of so, like, kind of backstory when you on on Matrix when you click on. The little home icon on the map, mm-hmm. which I do, I do most of my search looking at the map. Um, you click on that, and it'll list the seller and then some details about mm-hmm. the house. Mm-hmm. And it's getting to where it's a much larger portion of the those sellers that have ink or LLC mm. at the end of it or trust um, than uh, uh, than I've seen before in the past. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised because of the growth. I think when in his article he talks about how the market was real strong during the pandemic. What he doesn't expound on was it wasn't, we weren't just strong as a state during the pandemic because it was just Texas. Like there was a reason why it was strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. There was a reason why we had a lot of growth during the pandemic. And it's not because of the pandemic and its existence. It's because we had a bunch of people and corporations leave States and, move, and yeah. come here. It happened to be during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of corporations, a lot of politics were happening simultaneously during the pandemic and were, in a way, forcing some people to make that hard choice and relocate their headquarters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of people from California and New York and Florida and other various states mm-hmm. uh, move here. 
and what happened and it's still going on there's 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 a huge demand yeah i would love to uh, i would love to see the reload percentage that too Uh, i would love to see that i'd love to see how these investors have done on those properties because you know especially the ones who purchased in uh, 2022 you know that that didn't give them a ton of time to to work their flip before things came back you know corrected again 2022 is the height of everything yeah so if you're buying then and you know you're in the acquisition play i would have been the train's already passed i would have been nervous for that uh i would have uh, I would have probably advised most of my, my investors. Let's you know things things have have skyrocketed on on every level right now. Let's you know you you've got funds. Let's hold for a little bit. Yeah, the profit margin. I think because Brandon said you know it was early twenty twenty two. Yeah, it was the peak. And and I have a story. I've probably talked about it on here where we were in the market to get this flipped house and the owners sellers didn't acquire it until august and we were trying to put an offer in on it in december and so they paid more they did more the cost of things increased you know and so you know when we said you've got to do this they were like we can't we won't make any money if we do this necessary change yeah so i think you're right we you know those flippers had to be active back in the early part of last year instead of the end Mm -hmm. Mm. But I just but, checked this morning. That house is closed, and nice. it went for the asking price. That's awesome. It's it's awesome for them. Yeah. But somebody bought probably bought something that it, it's not. I don't know. Yeah, my buyer walked away from it because of concerns. Yeah, sure. I believe that. Yeah, we had to. I had to tell a guy to walk away from one this weekend that had a beautiful view, uh, but there was some. Long story short, there was some potential structural issues with uh, retaining walls that had mm. been kind of haphazardly slapped back together Ooh. leading up to a river. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's never good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful house, though, and the price for the neighborhood was really spectacular, but just <clears throat> his financial situation wouldn't be able to handle it if the house fell off the, <laughs> the platform. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> even with insurance oh man anyway it might have been hard to insure too it might have been but anyway that's something you've got to do though you got to yeah. advise those those buyers hey here's what i see i mean you know at the end of the day we're we're advisors but yeah you know i'm i've always told people i'm not a salesperson i'm your advocate yeah mm-hmm. you know, i'm not trying to sell you on something you're going to be stuck with for you know, many years to a decade. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to make sure that, that you get what you, you know, need and want, but that it's, it's going to actually be good for you. I'm, you know, just right. as many times as I'm going to tell you, yeah, this is be a good place for you. I'm going to also tell you, uh, run 10 yeah. foot pole. Don't yep. even, don't yep. even touch it with that. There are, there are some homes out there like that. Yep. So speaking of repairs and what to do and not to do, Bobby's got, uh, some stories yeah <laughs> kind of tell us about uh, experience and you know what uh what to do what not to do and in, in the contract and just kind of for those curious on what that looks like so i'm going to preface this with a question so wilson when you've uh had people selling a home and you've had something in the house that that got re- requested to have a repair something that's a, a simple 
thing, you know, that any one of us would be able to easily do. Uh And it's like, okay, let's just do something really simple. Would you have your clients just, you know, say, you guys can take care of that if you want to? Yes, sometimes I do. You know, if it's something simple, um, you know, during the inspection, if they, you know, come back and have, here's the five things that we've negotiated down. And my buyer said, well, I really wanted blah, 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 but it's a simple thing. Like, yeah, you know what? I'll come help you do that. Like sprinkler repair. Yes, sprinklers are important, but I know how to put in a sprinkler head. I don't know how to put in a whole new line, but I can put in a sprinkler head or two for you. The line is, in my opinion, even easier than the sprinkler head. Okay. But I have learned. Uh, We had a chat with Ann LaCosta uh, over the course of the past week, and the initial question to Ann was, hey, so in the amendment, it doesn't specifically state that a licensed technician has to touch this. Okay. And she said, so now with some changes in the contract, it would actually have to read, you don't need licensed people working on the house. Specifically. Because in paragraph seven, I want to say section F or something like that. I I have it written down on on paper in the office. So in the contract, it says this. Any repairs to the property have to be made by a licensed contractor. Okay. Um, Which. Any. Yeah, any repairs, Hmm. which is unfortunate for those handymen because usually they're not licensed in like electrical or plumbing and stuff like that so um so anything unless otherwise stipulated by the buyer and seller so if you know if there is a uh pvc pipe leaking underneath your sink and it's because the collar is loose (laughs) and all you have to do is twist the collar and tighten it Mm -hmm. Don't do it yourself. You have to get wow. a plumber out there unless it's agreed upon in the amendment that the, the seller and buyer can. So you have to specifically waive that. Yep. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. it's defaulted to licensed contractor. Goodness. Yeah. See, I don't know if I should say this, but. I don't know. <laughs> I, I <laughs> should would, I mute your mic first and then say it? Yeah, that? right. Yeah. Hypothetically Let's go speaking, <clears throat> one of your friends. <laughs> yes, yes. One of my agent, agent friends. Um if I'm su- supporting my buyer, heck yeah, I want it to be a licensed person. Yeah. Sure. But if it's a seller and, and I know my guys are good handymen or my seller is a good handyman, I'm, I'm not a stickler on, yeah. you know, on that. And, and not, not all agents say licensed. Per- I always put it in if I'm representing my buyers. Yeah. But uh, now the contract takes care of that. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we learned that two days before closing and uh, the day before uh, spent pretty much the entire day having contractors come out and verify the work that that me and my clients did on the house. Well, I bet that can be tricky. It was interesting (laughs) Mm -hmm. to say the least. And there was a big hullabaloo over wording on uh, the window issue. So when, uh, when you hear the words repair, uh, window sealant around window, do you think like caulking? Yeah, outside. Yeah. Apparently they meant the window had broken a seal and were expecting replaced windows. But when I got the screenshot of the report from the inspector himself, mm-hmm. he, he's, he said seal or have windows cleaned and reassess because mm. he didn't, he just said they look foggy. Okay but they, they were dirty. And uh, 
we had a professional company come out and say, yeah, the windows were just dirty. They're wow. good. Thank goodness. Um, <clears throat> but it can was, be expensive. <laughs> it was interesting getting a window guy, a banister guy, a plumber, electrician, and an irrigation company out all same day wow. of calling them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, in the irrigation guy's case, uh, the morning of closing at 7 a.m. Oh, good for you. Make but, sure you give Brandon and I those names. <laughs> you got it. Those are some good contractors. Yeah. yeah definitely. But um, But we got all that taken care of after much heartache and wow. and uh, some other drama that ensued that was just kind of ridiculous. Wow. But uh, So on those repairs, for for those curious on what your options as a buyer or seller, so when you have a bunch of things that need to be done in, in an amendment, right, mm-hmm. you have the option to request them to be done, actually fixed, work, worked on, and, you know, be completed usually at the expense of the seller mm-hmm. or, and this is usually our recommendation 99.9% of the time is just take it off the price and yeah, give a concession mm-hmm. and give a concession. Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, a couple of things happen. One is you remove the seller from liability of any of the work. Mm-hmm. All right. And two, it's not the whole, when you got your contractor out here that you knew and, you know, it was or wasn't done. So it's just easy to just to get some scope of work bids, yeah. take it off the price, and your seller doesn't have to come out of pocket for it. And the buyer gets compensated so they can elect to use their contractors or mm-hmm. whoever they want to or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, and it's quicker. Too. I mean, yeah. all in all, it's the path of least resistance and it's the most efficient. Yeah. Sometimes, though, there will be situations where people are like, I don't, you know, buyers might not have a lot of cash. Yeah. So they might say, hey, you know, I, I can't, I need this to be done, but I, I can't have it credited to me off my price because I don't have the cash right now to fix that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I do need it done. So, and, and that will happen. Yeah. You know, but if you have the option, I always try to just to do the simple reduction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I like buyers choosing who they're going to have it have done, mm-hmm. what they're going to have done. Yeah. Uh, when Tanya and I bought our this house we're in now, it was before I got into real estate, and I wasn't a savvy um, buyer. But um, the seller was willing to make a lot of changes for us. Well, he used his own contractors, and most of the invoices and guarantees are not even in English. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how yeah. good this is. I don't even know what was done. You know, I just see something. So I, w- I would much rather, and we and we did get a great price. We got a, a you know, they did knock off stuff, and they did it. Mm. Yeah. So you know, there's always that feeling of mm, what's the seller hiding? And, sure. And, and the agent, what's yeah. the seller and his or her agent yeah. hiding? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and that was. Uh, a very apparent concern for these these buyers. Oh wow! Uh, to a well, more extreme. Con- all, all learning moments. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad it closed. Congratulations! Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we close on the next one. Uh, that their purchase house on uh, the 27th. Awesome. Very nice. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us, and I look forward to seeing everyone next week. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the discussion today. Click on the subscribe link to catch our next episode. 
If you or anyone you know has any real estate needs, you can find more information on us at thelacidoteam.com. On behalf of my team, thanks for tuning in.